Welcome to the Safe and Sound Podcast. My name is Sean Sparkman, your host. I'm really excited to be bringing you today a Michigan super lawyer, rising star. Her name is Lindsay Sikora. Lindsay, thanks for being on the show. Of course. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, and would you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Because I know attorneys aren't all the same, right? Of course, yes. So um, I have a law firm in Farmington Hills where we specialize in personal injury. So personal injury encompasses a lot. Uh, Some of the highlights, I guess, would be motor vehicle accidents, slip and falls, and dog bites. And um, we also do a lot of wrongful death and, and negligence cases as well. And that's been our focus since since we opened and since I started uh, over a decade ago. Wow. And what led you to personal injury as being the area that you wanted to specialize in? You know, I knew I wanted to be a litigator. So there's lots of different attorneys and we all wear different hats and, and sort of play different roles in the judicial system. But I, I wanted to be in the court system. I wanted to be face-to-face with my clients. Um, I was really inspired by working with people. And there's a handful of different areas that you could go into when you want to be a litigator. And personal injury felt right because it really gets you lots of exposure to people in need, um, people who need help, people who don't know where else to go. And um, that was really, really compelling for me. Cool. And so really you did this because you wanted to be able to help the normal everyday person, right? That's correct. So uh, that's what I've devoted my practice to and um, and we love to do it. That's awesome. And, you know, you're actually pretty young. You're a mother and you have a lot of experience though for being somebody young. Isn't that correct? I mean, I'd like to think so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I have two little kids um, and also uh, run the law firm and really proud of, of where we are and what we've been able to accomplish, specifically in the last few years, grown exponentially. And, um, yeah, I I immediately stayed on track. So I went right from undergraduate straight to law school, straight to my first job in the personal injury world, um, and then a few years into that, decided to open up my own place and, and have been doing that. And and it's been great. It, I, I wouldn't have changed it. And it has allowed me to meet a lot of people and know a lot of people in the personal injury world that um, not only helps with um, me and and my clients, but their cases as well. Okay. And what led you to doing what you're doing right now in the personal injury world where you're running your own law firm and you're a mother and you're rocking it. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. Some days some days I believe that, others others I don't, but um no, I I really decided to change my direction a little bit after I had my daughter um almost 4 years ago and that's when I decided to open the law firm. I I wanted the flexibility, but I also had my own caseload and my own files, and I was completely independent at the firm that I was at before, which was a wonderful place that specializes um, specialized in personal injury. And I had a wonderful mentor there, and I I got to the point where I knew that I could do this on my own and make my own path and um, 
do some things a little bit different than some of the other places um, where I had worked and was really excited to to pave my own way. And, and it allowed me to be um, a really devoted mom and a really devoted attorney all at the same time. So it was great. That's awesome. And what are you doing that's different than the other people? So I, I spend a lot of time with my clients. Um, when, when attorneys get too busy, and a lot of time, unfortunately, it's completely um, subconscious, it's completely on accident, but what happens is they're trying so hard to keep up, and attorneys really do work really hard, and I, I never wanted to get to a point where I was so busy uh, or, or so, you know, glass completely full that I wasn't able to provide the quality and preparation and communication that my clients needed. So it really takes a lot of um, understanding into what the clients need in order to prioritize how many cases are too many for me to be able to be the, the most effective, aggressive, successful attorney that I can be. And I have found my sweet spot over the years, and working for myself has allowed me to maintain that sweet spot. And so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I really like that. And I can tell you from my personal life, you helped out a friend of mine. We're not going to name any names, but somebody that sure. fell, broke one of their limbs, was no longer able to work. The place where it happened, they didn't want to give her any money at all, and she was out of a job. But you were able to win that case for her and get her the money that she deserved. And, you know, I that's a really cool thing to and I know how much of an impact that had on her and her husband's life as well. So, uh, you know, that's a cool yeah. story. Thank you. Yes, we worked hard on that. Um, she was a wonderful client to work with, and we pushed until we got her the max settlement um, that we were all very, very happy with. So I'm glad to hear that, that it helped. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And I, I do want to talk a little bit, switch gears here, because there's a few questions I always ask on every single episode of my podcast, because they're very important to me and to my listeners. And so the first sure. one is going to be failure. I always talk about failure because everybody fails all day, every day. You can't help it. It's a matter of how do you handle that failure. So tell us about something, whatever you're comfortable sharing with, that you've failed in life. So I think something that I have continuously struggled with and continue to fail with, unfortunately, on a daily basis is delegation. Um, I am somebody who I want to do everything myself. I want to be the one to make all of the decisions and be in charge, as I think a lot of attorneys like to do. Um, and so there were tons of times where I was not able to be at the level that I needed to be because I refused to delegate things that would have made it so that I could have surpassed where I was. And that to me is a huge failure. And I'm still working on it. And I have gotten so much better at it just with the staff that I have and, and seeing their great abilities um, and how they, they work so hard and the, you know what they're capable of. I've really been trying to stay focused on delegating the things that I can delegate and taking charge and, and taking care of the things that are most important for me personally to do. So, um, yeah, that, that is a constant reoccurring pattern in my life that, that I definitely think is um, is a failure when you can't 
stay focused on what you need to do and delegate what you don't need to do. Well, the good news is that you're not the only person to struggle with delegation. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think it's I something that a lot do, of but... <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that a lot of uh, a personalities, people that want to be in charge, something that they all struggle with is how much to delegate out, not delegating enough, etc. But the cool part is that you're working on it, and you're not just accepting it and saying, "Oh well, there's nothing I can do." You're working on it constantly to get a little bit better, and that's the point of why we talk about failure is that people always have to figure out how do I not succumb to it, but overcome it. Correct. Yes, I agree. So the next part of it is the other side of the coin. What is your greatest success? And I know you're going to say your children. So outside of your children, let's go, let's go <laughs> Take there. Take that out of the equation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think there are two things that I think would be my greatest success. Um, I think the, the the thing that I think of first is um, being an independent woman, and it might sound cliche, and, and there's lots of independent women out there. Um, I'm by no means, you know, some sort of special prodigy, but um, I really am proud of of what I've created in in life in general, um, but also with with my law firm. It is not very typical to see a young uh, female attorney running a law firm with hundreds and hundreds of files. Um, I couldn't actually name one right now to you um, of all the attorneys that I know. And I'm sure there's plenty out there, but I don't think it's as common as, you know, maybe a male-run firm with a solo practitioner or um, you know, something of that nature. And so I'm really proud. Um, I really think it sets me apart. And I, I'm, i you know, really excited to be able to share what I've learned, you know, with my clients and everyone else. And then although it may sound cheesy, I actually am very proud of my marriage. I think that a strong foundation at home creates a strong foundation everywhere else in your life. And my husband, Matt, is my strong foundation at home. And we've been together for over 15 years and have two wonderful kids and really have grown to understand each other. I mean, of course, it's not perfect. Nothing's ever perfect. But the communication and the foundation that we've built is so strong that I use that and build upon that with every other aspect in my life. And so I'm grateful for that. I love that you brought that up because another thing that I love talking about is relationships because I believe that they, like you just said, are the key to success. Ultimately, you have to have that strong foundation. And as we age and I work with a retirement based, you know, community, that's the main clients that I have. And with that clientele, as, as I find talking to them, the older you get, the more and more, all that matters is the people that are around you. So I really love that. That's a big thing with you. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I feel very lucky lucky to have found that when we were young and and able to make it work and and keep it strong and growing stronger every year. Yeah, that's a cool story cuz you you don't really hear those a lot anymore in our day and age, you know, our parents' day, of course. <laughs> My sure. parents are the same yeah, way. They they I met in high school so and they're still together, but that's just not what you hear yeah. about anymore. So it's a pretty cool story. But let's flip back yeah, to talking a little bit about <laughs> 
Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the article that recently came out. Uh, you were talking about sure. the do's and don'ts of when you're in an auto accident. So you can just throw out a few bullet points that people can think of when, when or if they get into an auto accident. Yeah, sure. I, um, I talk with a lot of clients all the time and uh, something I hear all the time is, Oh, I wish I would have, <laughs> I wish I would have known this or I wish I would have called you, you know, right when this happened. Um, because not only um, for a, a, a case to be able to mature and, and um, be successful, but also for you to be able to get what you need, there, there are things that I don't think a lot of people widely know about certain things when it comes to being involved in an accident. So I guess two quick things would be um, a lot of people, and I hear it over and over again, if there's minimal damage, they just decide to exchange information and not make a police report and be on their way. And and I get that waiting for the police is no fun, especially if you're late to work or your kids are in the back or whatever it may be. It seems way more convenient, way easier to just snap a photo with your phone of their insurance and their license and get out of there. But unfortunately, it's a great opportunity for the insurance companies to deny coverage if you don't have that police report. Um, sometimes the policy language of your insurance will even um, you know, request that information in order for you to be eligible for certain things. And so it's really important that if, if you have any injuries, if you have damage to your vehicle, if you want to make sure that there's no way around you know, getting that vehicle paid for and your damage repaired, that you call the police and hang tight, even if it's um, less convenient. And um, the other thing would be to talk to the officer about your injuries. What a lot of people don't know is that, um, you know, they feel a little twinge or they feel a little something in their neck, but they, they ignore it and they tell the officer they're fine because they very well can be. Um, but it just creates something... Um, an opportunity, again, to look back and, and question any injuries because there is, what people don't know, a spot on the police report where the officer will actually fill in if any injuries were reported or if you, in fact, reported no injuries. Um, so very important for you to, even if it's something minimal, even if it's a slight headache um, or a little bit of neck pain or something, for you to explain, you know, even to tell them how minimal it is, but the fact that there that there is something that you're noticing going on, and that will be very helpful. Okay. And I was reading on the article this one bullet point that kind of struck me, and I think it's very important. It's something a lot of people don't think about. And it's bullet point number five where you say, do be mindful of what you say to the other driver, and that less is more. Can you talk a little bit more about why that's important? Yeah. So um, sometimes... If you are injured in an auto accident, it turns into a, a claim, which then turns into a lawsuit. And when you have a lawsuit, you usually will undergo a proceeding called a deposition, which is where the attorney, if you're the injured party, the attorney for the insurance company will ask you a lot of questions over the span of a few hours. And they always want to know about all the conversations that you had. and um, the same thing happens when the injured party's attorney takes the deposition of the person um, who caused the injury. And so they undoubtedly want to hear what was exchanged. Did you take responsibility for the accident? Even if maybe you shouldn't have 
Um, did you say that you were sorry for something? Did you um, did you tell the other driver that you were fine because your nature is to just tell everybody you're fine even when you're not or whatever it may be? Um, sometimes comments that are made inadvertently and briefly and in a state of shock uh, are unfortunately used against you later in a lawsuit. And so, you know, make sure the other driver is okay and wait quietly in your car for the police to arrive. Cool. Thank you very much. I think that's a really important point. Uh, if you've never been through a deposition, <laughs> I had to do one in the case that I had mentioned earlier with, uh, you know, my friend. And man, they ask you a ton of questions. <laughs> and like you were yes, saying, they, so. yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, for you, we do. For, I guess. I yeah, say. yeah. For you, it'd be we. <laughs> but just from my point yeah. of view, you know, I'm not a lawyer, and from my point of view, I was like, man, I thought I asked my clients a lot of questions because sometimes my clients will say that to me, but. That lawyer asked me ten times the amount of questions that I normally ask, and <laughs> it was like, yeah, I, got, yeah, I, I was like, man, I need, shot. I need to like go take a nap or something. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, sometimes it's their only shot to to get the answers to their questions um, before the case moves towards trial, and so they they don't want to leave any stones unturned. They try to try to get everything that they could possibly think of out on the table. So right, yeah, they are so, they are lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Lindsay, what are you curious about moving forward in life? I mean, we've got coronavirus now. Nobody knows where the country's going. What are you curious about? You know, I'm curious about all of the telecommunication and whether it's going to stick or not. Um, for instance, in my field, um, it is very rare to be allowed to telecommunicate with any of the court systems. It is a field where your appearance is required and and you have to appear for court for hearings and mediations and all sorts of things and and you just you have to be there you can't phone in and you can't um you know communicate from afar and so a lot of these rules are being bent and changed because of um coronavirus and the stay at home orders and i'm curious whether that's going to stick in a lot of fields, including medicine with televisits, but specifically in mine where it's very unusual to be allowed to um, do things remotely outside of the court. And so wondering if it's going to be the new norm or or if it's temporary and things will resume as, as previous once this is over. Right. And how has the virus and the stay-at-home order affected your business right now? You know, I I feel like we're one of the lucky ones in that a lot of what we need to do can be done remotely. So my staff is all working from home and I'm working from home and we all have home offices set up and we can do most everything from home. Of course, with the courts being closed, it makes it so that moving some of the cases forward um, is a little difficult at this time. For instance, if if there are motions that need to be filed or hearings that need to be had, the court isn't doing those right now. And so there are files that are sort of at a standstill just in that there's not much that we can do in the court system. But there are a lot of other files where a lot of things can continue on as planned and, and we're able to make the most of our time at home. Well, that's cool. And for the people that are listening, are you doing anything special that to help keep a positive attitude and understand that this is just a brief moment in time and that we're all going to be back to normal at some point in the near future here? 
Yeah, I think two most important things. So, you know, I found myself home with two little kids running a law firm um, with my husband home as well, running his um, his business from home. And so the, the thing that we have been doing to sort of keep our spirits up and our kids' spirits up is um, twofold. The first is we get dressed and ready every single day. So I don't stay in my pajamas all day. Uh, I did the first week, admittedly. <laughs> um, <laughs> were, were you watching the productive. Tiger? <laughs> <laughs> I was way more productive, and I'm able to get a full day's work in if I wake up, take a shower, get myself dressed, you know, not quite in the same outfit that I would wear to court, but out of your pajamas um, and and into something that makes you feel like you've you've gotten up and gotten ready for the day. And then we spend a lot of time outside and um, taking walks and the fresh air, and it really does help normalize things a little bit. Um, we've always sort of taken walks as a family with the dog and the kids in the stroller, and, and doing that feels like our normal. And so doing things that you ordinarily do uh, I find is is very helpful. So those two things has re- have really helped us um, get through these days that seem to be a little bit longer than usual. Right. I heard a funny joke the other day where somebody said something similar that, to you, like, oh, yeah, we get up in the morning, we get out of our pajamas, and then we get into our work pajamas. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yes, I am by no means wearing um, a two-piece suit in my uh, home office, but um, but I'm getting out of those sweatpants and and trying to be as productive as you can. Yeah, I like it. So we're going to wrap up here. And in wrapping up, thank you very much for being on the show. I really sure, enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I do have one more question for you. Uh, of course. Out of everything that I've asked, is there something that I missed that I should have asked you? Oh, my gosh. I got to critique you now? Um, let me see. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you touched on on everything. I I um we talked about family and life and and even a little bit about the current crisis. So, no, I I think it was wonderful and and I really enjoyed it. Well, great. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you very much for being on the show, Lindsay. If people want to learn more about you and your firm, where do they go? They can go to www.sacoralawfirm.com or they can also check us out on Facebook. Um, at Metro Detroit Best Personal Injury Attorney. So if you type okay. that in, our uh, firm will come up. It has all of our information. Um, we're in Farmington Hills, and it, it has all of our contact info there. And we will have links to Lindsay in the show notes. So anybody that is interested in getting in touch with her, just go to the show notes. You'll see everything down there as well. Thanks again, Lindsay, for being on the show. This has been another episode of the Safe and Sound podcast with your host, Sean Sparkman. Please tune in next time. We're always bringing you new people from across the country to try and get you different perspectives and help you out in building that safe and sound lifestyle. And please stay safe and healthy at home until we're all allowed to start our normal lives again.